and welcome to the Essential Property Podcast with your hosts, Paul Samuda and Amanda Woodward. With 45 years of combined experience in the world of property buying, selling, investing and developing, they are here to share with you their knowledge in the Stoke-on-Trent, Newcastle-under-Lyme and Crew property market. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Essential Property Podcast, where we discuss all things property within the Stoke, Crew, and Newcastle Underline area. My name is Amanda Woodward, and I'm pleased to have with me today Louise Allen from Meadows Property Group. And today we're going to be talking about her evolving property business, her decision to start investing in Stoke on Trent, and their cameo appearance on the nationwide hit TV show Homes Under the Hammer. So, Louise, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Amanda. Hi there. Okay, so let's kick off with sharing with our listeners who you are, a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your business. Okay, so I'm Louise Allen. I'm 28. We officially set up our business this year to start our HMO portfolio. So far, so good. I run it with my husband, Tom, and we have a few buy-to-lets. And this is our first HMO, which, like you've just said, we bought at auction. So, yes. Good stuff. So we met a few years ago and you decided to start to build your property business with Tom. Yeah. And at some point you decided that Stoke-on-Trent was going to be an area that you wanted to invest in. So at what point, well, if you don't mind me asking, what was the decision to start investing in property first of all? So we started in 2017. I was only 23. We saw the training courses and that's what we was interested in. Myself and my husband made, we bought a property when I left university in a derelict state. We did it up between us with family help, made quite a bit of money on it and sold it. And from there, we went on to say, you know, this could, this could be something that we are, we want to do going forwards. So we did the training courses and slowly, but surely over time, we have decided that Stoke-on-Trent is a good area for us. That's where we've decided. Thankfully, we live nearby anyway. A lot of people on our training courses was investing in Stoke-on-Trent and it seemed daft for us to be going anywhere else when when (laughs) Stoke-on-Trent's on our doorstep. So that's what we did. Good stuff. And so you decided Stoke. So you had some people around you. I think I was one of them that was investing in Stoke-on-Trent. So like you say, it seemed a little bit of a no-brainer. What is it that you like about Stoke since you've invested there, I guess? And would you continue to do stuff in the area? Has it ticked those boxes for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there is good places and bad places to invest in Stoke-on-Trent and knowing your area of Stoke-on-Trent because it is a big area is is key for us and what and for what we do. There's a lot of opportunities there. One of our biggest things is the hospital and for us for us that's a massive positive thing and the area around that hospital. And yeah, for us it's it's having contractors close that we know that we know and we can work with and again being being able to have that relationship that we can keep nipping nipping in, checking on the property. And, and making sure that everything's running smoothly. So yeah, Stoke-on-Trent for us is is a winner. Good, fantastic. And I think you're right in terms of the places where you sort of should or shouldn't invest, which is, I mean, there's a few spots where we just generally tend to avoid, but Stoke is a, a strangely designed city, hasn't it? Yeah. It had multiple city centres all sort of battling for who is the main city centre. Yeah. You can go out as far as, far as sort of Burslem, and Tunstall, and then all the way down to Longton, and they're all really different, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Certain areas work for certain strategies. Absolutely. So you've, in true sort of homes under the hammer style, you've jumped straight in with an auction purchase. Now we haven't had anybody on the podcast who has spoken about buying at auction. Yeah. And buying a property at auction is really different from buying through an estate agent. So we'd love to hear in terms of 
how did you assess the property? Because obviously you've seen it on the market with, presumably it was Butters John B. It was, yeah. And whenever I see, you know, going to auction, I always think, oh gosh, you know, it's a lot easier if you could just go and do a viewing and put an offer in. The auction does, you know, present a few hurdles. So just talk us through, you saw it on the market. What do you then do next to sort of assess the property prior to the auction? Yeah, so we actually dropped on and we ended up, who did the viewing for us was actually the manager of the Hanley branch. And he was great. He was really helpful. So so on our first viewing, he really talked through about the which obviously we'd already done a lot of homework on, but really the process of buying at auction and really put our minds at peace. But again, it was more to kind of give us an insight into it. We kind of came away thinking, mm, is it as easy as what how is made out? Are we going to be able to manage it? Anyway, we took all of his advice, took it away with us, had a massive think about it. We booked, we booked several viewings before the auction night. And thankfully, well, we didn't always get him to show us around. Obviously, we had more questions and we did just manage to keep getting in touch with him. He was really good. So he helped us a lot along the way. We did actually offer on this house before it went to auction. But because it was family at war over it, they did actually want to pursue it going to auction. So unfortunately, we did have to buy it at auction, but we but we was interested in it before. So we viewed it a lot. We then took it all to the solicitors. They went through all the legal packs for us. They assured us that everything was okay. And it was. They went through it with a fine tooth comb. We met with the solicitors. We went through it. We made sure that we understood as much as we could, as well as them filling us in and bits that, that we may not be sure on. And from there, we was interested in it. And we said, well, let's go to the auction. We've been to the previous auction to start and get a bit of an idea on, on how they work. But thankfully, it was a live auction. The first one's after COVID and it was the second live auction. So that's what we did. We went to auction and we bought it there. Brilliant. So you did quite a lot of due diligence beforehand, which is obviously good. Some properties, it's hard to even get a viewing before an auction. Mm-hmm. So the fact you've had multiple viewings is, is we did, yeah. great. Yeah. And and then walk, you know, walking the, the legal pack through with the solicitor prior, which some, again, I've heard people, some do, some don't. If you're going to the auction, you've got your eye on, say, 10 properties and you want to buy perhaps two. Some people say, well, I'm not going to go and do 10 sort of legal requests with my solicitor a couple of hundred pounds ago. And they'll just sort of take a punt on it on the night, which mm-hmm. is obviously incredibly risky. Mm-hmm. So you've covered your basis as much yeah. as possible, which obviously is important. For us, that was really important because we had we had four properties that we viewed multiple times in Stoke-on-Trent to buy at auction. And the two that we bought was obviously the two of those, but we went through the legal packs with the solicitors for all of them because for us, the sake of a few hundred pounds yeah. could have saved it or, you know, it could have been the win or the lose for that property. And for us, that was the most important thing because a few hundred quid in the grand scheme of the things and spending a few hundred thousand pounds is nothing. So for us, it was it was very important and we would always do that. And again, we've got a good relationship with the solicitor. So we literally walked through every single bit of that those legal packs so that we was all fully aware of what everything meant on it. So going forwards, we will probably have a bit of a look ourselves beforehand. But again, when you're spending a lot of money, for us, it was a no-brainer. We had to we had to get everything checked. And was there anything surprising that they found? Did they find any clauses that were sort of hidden away? They didn't, but thankfully, again, they did work out that we haven't actually got a right of way to the back of the property. And they don't know how how or who owns that part of, of the property. So we've got a backyard, but actually where that where that back yard gate goes to, we don't actually have a right of way through it. So so things like that they picked up on, which we wouldn't have because it wasn't that clear. And yeah, so they, they can they can look at all of those things in depth. So. Good stuff. So you go to the auction, you've obviously got a price in mind that you want to pay for it. 
maybe you know what you're willing to go what you really want and then what you're willing to go up to they're just yeah. talking through when the bidding started you know were you straight in with an offer were you kind of scoping out anybody else how was the actual <laughs> flow of the of the of the bid very nerve-wracking <laughs> so it was quite late on and the room had really emptied out which was brilliant for us because we kept thinking you know everybody was after these building plots <laughs> So that was brilliant. After these building plots had finished selling, that's it. The room kind of cleared, which we was, yeah, we was really pleased at because we felt like a lot of pressure had been taken off. So the first one was up for sale for 110,000 and they started the bid around that figure. We kept quiet, just never said anything, never, never did anything. Then it really set it up with the bids. So we came in roughly 115,000 and we was like, oh God, is it, is it going to sell here? So for us, we, we knew again, we'd done a lot of homework, we'd spoken to a lot of people and we knew what we could go up to. So we started there when somebody else was steady enough. So we started, we actually purchased it for 122000 and we again, we knew what we could go up to. That was within our budget and that's what we did. And we purchased it, purchased it for 122000 The other buyer wasn't in the room, which I made me more nervous because you just don't know who you're up against. And again, with the location of these two houses, they're both directly next door to each other. Kind of, it was all one commercial business to start with. They split it into two and did it as residential. So again, for us, it was number one. It was the first lot of these two houses. So again, for us, it was a big risk of who was buying, who was bidding against us on, on it and who else wanted the next one. That was that was always in mind as who wants the next house next door, because we knew that if we had one, we wanted both. We couldn't really just have one. We could, but and we wouldn't have gone out of our, our budget, but yeah, it was it was nerve-wracking. So the second one that was for sale for 130,000. And we again sat back a little bit, but there was less interest. Oh no, there was more interest in this one because this one was slightly bigger and slightly better state. And there was more interest in that one, which obviously made us panic because we just bought the one next door to we needed this one. But again, we we knew where we were going to and we bought it for 144,000. And yeah, we didn't we didn't go above on either. We knew the combined figure which we wanted to pay and we got it for that. So so we did we did what we wanted to do. So good stuff. Yeah. So I mean that was obviously it does sound quite nerve-wracking. So on the on the second one, were you bidding against other people in the room? No, there was computer. Yeah, computer again, but there was three, I think, other bids and they was going quite quickly and quite yeah, yeah, which again panicked us because we was like, oh no. <laughs> but yeah, we we got there in the end up and they really steadied off. So congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. So I know I always think it's interesting because where the BJB auction is, there's a bar at the back. Yeah. yeah kind of under there's a bar. And I always think that you're going to an auction and there's, you know, a whole queue of people grabbing a wine and a beer and they're sitting down to bid on property. And I think, well, sure, this isn't like the best. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you had a nice large glass of wine afterwards to celebrate and just think. <laughs> the first base has obviously been met. You've got the, the gavel's gone down. You've got the properties. Fantastic. But then obviously the next process starts and you've got to, you know, race towards exchange. Presumably they asked you to exchange, was it within about 14 days or 28 days? Yeah, so we paid the deposit on the night, which was 10%, yeah. uh, which again is all very nerve-wracking because again, we've just spent a lot of money. So even that part of it was just absolutely nerve-wracking. So we did that and then we had to complete within 28 days, which sounds reasonable. And again, when you work that out, that is actually only 20 business working days. And in that we've got Easter. And everybody that we dealt with was off for a week over Easter, which was another five days out of it. So literally everything we kept coming up against was delays of people and and timescales and people working. So that was something that we came up against. But again, we did all of our work beforehand. We did get things in place before we bought. 
so we was we, we did tend to be okay but again with solicitors being off on holiday but as John B their solicitors being off on holiday it was all it was all very stressful to get it completed in time I can imagine I can imagine so then let's talk about the homes under the hammer approach because some of our listeners will know that homes under the hammer they film a lot at the Stoke-on-Trent auction at the BJB auction and there's often the opportunity to appear on the show I remember going to an auction and soon as sort of the, the the purchase goes the exchange goes through they sort of race over to you with a clipboard saying it is like to appear, appear yeah, yeah. yeah so just tell us how that went and, and your decision to go on and just tell us about the whole experience yeah so butters sorry homes under the hammers wasn't there on the night because it was a it was only the second one back from covid so it was actually an email that we received so they didn't actually film the auction and again they they spoke about that when they came out to film for us that actually, you know, we wasn't at auction and there was a lot of auction we wasn't at, a lot of auctions that we wasn't at. So they said that we will just introduce it, that we wasn't present at auction and then they just film it from, from a previous and just kind of slot us into it. So yeah, we didn't actually meet Homes Under the Hammer there. So it's an email. We was obviously interested straight away to go on there. It was something that we've, we watch. We love catching up on at night. And again, a lot of people that we know in the property industry go on it. So it was great to have that opportunity. And we thought, oh, we can give it a go. You know, something may come of it and something may not. Anyway, it did do. They've been really good. So we filmed the first the first bit, which is the before bit. So we was not allowed to. So upon completion, we had to keep letting them know that we was going to complete. Upon completion, then they worked with us to come out at their soonest date to come out and film the property before we touched any part of it. So we couldn't send any builders or anything in there. But again, they pretty much came straight away as soon as the keys was ours. So they came out, filmed it all, was really good with us. We had Dion Dublin filming us, well, chatting with us, and he was really good. All the film crew was really good. It all just made you feel at ease. It was all just a conversation. It was nothing. Didn't feel like an intense interview or anything like that. It was just They were just brilliant, brilliant team. So, yeah, that's it. And then they come back when we finish the project. We just let them know, and then they come back out, and they film the finished project. So, yeah, brilliant. Good stuff, good stuff. So, and I mean, the, the the question in terms of timeline is always an interesting one with regards to property development, but when are you planning to complete the project and look to have them out again? Yeah, they have filmed this in two lots. So they've done one house as one and the other one is a totally separate one, even though okay. we bought both. So so it's actually going to be aired twice. So the first one, which we're working on at the minute, is hopefully going to be done within six months. So we're hoping October that that one will be done totally finished and then they can come back and film that one and then they will crack straight on with the second house next door hopefully film that one sort of february march because there's a little bit less to do in there it's a little bit smaller and again we've kept ordering things in bulk so that we are ready for the one next door so again a lot of the works and things they're not happening next door but it'll be a lot a lot more straightforward so yeah good stuff so just for those that are listening in terms of the property so we you've bought two properties next door to each other Mm -hmm. great location so what's the ultimate plan in terms of them? So what were they like before? And then what, what's the plan for afterwards? So you walked in there and it, you would not say that it was horrific inside, but structurally there was a lot of make do. So somebody had put in a lot of stud walls, but kind of they were still loose at the top of the walls where it had been plastered over and kind of things like that. So there was a lot of just a lot of just stud walls gone straight in there. It's, it's obviously been changed from commercial to residential. We have gone in there and totally knocked it right back we've done a full refurb on it so that we know exactly what we're working with because each wall we took down, there was something behind there that we kind of needed to deal with. So we've gone right back to repointing it, insulating it. We've had building inspectors out. We've had, we've worked with the architects. We've done everything. Again, 
with a lot of help from other people advising us and pushing us in the right direction hopefully it's meant that we can find all the right problem all the problems and deal with it in the right way because again this is something that we're going to keep for a long time and it's cash flowing for us we need it we need that insulation in there just as much as the tenants are going to need it because it's going to save us money long term and the same with the flooring and the drainage again we're adding in six on suites and at the minute there's just one bathroom there so again we've got to add in new drainage systems and all of that to make sure that the drains can deal with it and so yeah there's a lot of work going on and so and how much are you spending on your refurb would you say across the two properties what sort of investment are you making at the minute we have budgeted 50,000 for each property we've got like I say we've got contractors in to do the majority of it my husband's business he does the groundworks side of that so he's done a lot of the drainage and things himself and again he works with the building inspector on other jobs so again it is all tying in quite nicely at the minute so hopefully it continues Good stuff. So we bought the properties, we've got plans to renovate them. And then would you mind sharing an idea of the rentals or the cash flow at the end of the project? So roughly between two and a half thousand and three thousand a month cash flow. So yeah, they're all going to be double on double rooms on suites, shared kitchen and lounge area. So that's the plan. I think when that goes live on Homes Under the Hammer, anyone watching is thinking, right, I'm going to come to Stoke and do HMOs if I can make £3,000 a month. I think you're going to really start something off there, Louise. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. So you mentioned at the very beginning that you did a bit of a Homes Under the Hammer style project, I guess. You bought a property many years ago. You saw some potential. Mm-hmm. You you know, got the family together, put together a refurb, sold it for a profit and thought, hang on a minute, there's something here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You then did a couple of buy-to-lets and then you've obviously taken the plunge on a building that was previously commercial, has had some work to convert it to residential, but like you said, not in a particularly good condition. And you guys are now coming in to create the building that you want. So that's obviously quite different to doing perhaps a, a two-up, two-down terrace in Stoke and just doing a little bit of a cosmetic refurb. Huge um, so how did you feel about that? Were you completely up for it? Did you have any reservations in terms of the scope of that project? We needed to make the next jump. We needed to. We needed that next leap. And again, everybody around us is doing the HMOs and we just needed to make that leap. We did the figures. We knew that it was going to work. We'd done so much homework. We'd used so many people around us that was doing this every single day. Yes, family. Yes, friends may just think that we're mad and wonder <laughs> how on earth we're doing it. But again, one of the things that we learned through the training that we did is you've got to, you've got to go with it. And, you, and if you've done your homework properly, then there's absolutely no reason that you shouldn't do it. I believe that we have done the homework and I believe that we've got the right people around us to hopefully keep pushing us in the right direction with it and helping us through it. And again, at the minute, it all seems to be paying off and working in our favour. So it's good. Good stuff. And then if we just fast forward, perhaps through to the end of the year, fingers crossed, the projects are completed, the cash flow is is coming in and it's time to go again. And then obviously we're looking now into 2023. What's the plans with yourself and Tom in terms of Stoke? Would you like to do more there? What's on the agenda? What's in the pipeline? Yeah, again, HMO is very different to what we've done before. And again, we don't deal with, at the minute, any tenants in the buy-to-lets, electricity bills and that kind of thing. So again, a lot of it will depend on how this property goes in terms of that, because there is there, there are still a lot of unknowns because the price of things keep going up and everything else. So it, it really does just depend on, on how these do cash flow in the end up, which again, we can work on today, we can work on next month, but we can't work on six months time, which is when they're going to be tenanted. I know we can we can have a guide, we can have a bit of an idea, we can put 
in miscellaneous costs and contingency plans, but really until it's up and running and we've got tenants in there, for us, it's it's one of those that we will just see once we've got the tenants in, let's see how we go from there. Again, obviously, we'd love to get another HMO in Stoke, but this is our priority at the minute to get these two up and running. And we will just see as and when if we decide to go again with the HMO in the area. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good idea. I think taking stock and, and then seeing what the next move is. We are approaching or pretty much in quite a, a funny time at the moment with the market. Yeah. We've obviously got the utility bills increasing, which obviously has an effect on the HMOs. We just want to see how that plays out, especially going through the winter. Property prices probably will start to come down a tad, which is great, obviously, if we're in buying mode. You know, I love buying in times where, you know, we, we're not fighting against everybody else to, you know, to buy the property. And I think we will see that ahead shortly. So we should certainly be ready to buy if the opportunities are there and if, if the numbers do work for us. Yeah. So everyone that we have on the podcast, we always ask if there's anything that you would like to share in terms of what you guys do. So any services that you offer to anybody who might be listening and if so, how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. So we are always looking for investors. We offer good returns in your money. The business is Meadows Property Group Limited. You can find us on social media. There's myself and Tom that run the business. We're always happy to chat to anybody about what they can offer us and what we can offer you. So yeah, thank you very much. Really good stuff. Well, Louise, that was great. I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a little for a little while. So thanks for joining us. Thank Tell you. It's all about your recent Stoke on Trent purchases. Everybody at some point who tunes into Homes Under the Hammer will be able to see you online doing your celebrity thing <laughs> beyond Dublin. I'll certainly be looking out for that at some point. So maybe you can just keep us updated with when we might be able to find that. I will do. Thank you very much. Right. And thank you for all your help, Amanda. Thank you. Not a problem. Thank Good you. Soon. Thanks, Louise. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if so, please hit subscribe and share with those who you think would enjoy it too. To get in touch with Paul and Amanda directly, please visit their website www.essentialpropertyoptions.co.uk for more information. We look forward to sharing with you on the next episode.